All right, we are live. Good afternoon, everyone. Hopefully you're doing well on this warm Southern California Tuesday and hope you're experiencing a safe opportunity wherever you are. And for those of you on YouTube, thank you so much for joining me as well to allow me to use this as an archiving moment. And for those of you on the podcast networks, thank you so much for joining me as well, whether you're working out, having a good time, relaxing, taking care of your family, doing this COVID madness. Hello, 5252546338. Hello, Matthias. Good seeing you from you from Germany. Rainy in Chicago, that's nice. I'd love to have some rain now. Orders, good seeing you. Hello, sassy agent sis, good seeing you. Ramundinaf, good seeing you indeed. RVA Detailer, good afternoon. Thank you so much for the kind words. Brazil's in the house, courtesy of Andre Cromano. What's up, Simple One Jay-Z, good seeing you. Hello, Devin. The Masked Man 361, good afternoon. Warm and Kansas City says Peyton is warm here as well. Hello, New Zealand, courtesy of Daniel Chili's Bin Point. <laughs> Hello, let's see who did I just miss. Ami Noso. Pittsburgh is in the house, courtesy of orders for split dogs. Hello, indeed. Good seeing you as well, FA5 Javi, staying safe as well. Cameroni from Texas, good seeing you. Rob Bank. Hello. Thank you so much, 5252463333.a, says I inspired them, thank you so much. My neighbor here in Rancho, Cucamonga, SG, Treno, good seeing you as well. Ukraine, wow, so much love here. Courtesy of M88mod, good seeing you. Hello, Sam, I have a part for you. Come get it. <laughs> Hello, Chief, good seeing you. Bring out the VTEC, there's one right here next to me. <laughs> Hello. What's cooking today, says Simple One Jay Z. My desire to share some really cool information. Um, Zaki Wacky, good, good seeing you from Oman as well. Thank you so much. Oman Republic, what a great far away to join me this afternoon. And here's what I want to talk about, which is pretty interesting. There is an epidemic that's going on here in the United States. And I'm not talking about COVID, I'm not talking about Corona, an epidemic of misinformation. And that is something that I'd be remiss if I don't address. And what do I mean by this misinformation? I am noticing there are people like Sam, who's here, who's a guru, knows quite a bit. I learned a lot from him about racing and so on and so forth. And we put our heads together, we come up with some great concepts. Um, I've had a lot of experience. I've blown stuff up. I've broken things, blown things, cracked things, fractured, tested, fixed, figured out. I've done crazy things. So I have this wealth of knowledge. There are people like my mentor, John Concialdi, who's the founder of AEM. He's a great resource as well. So you have all these people around who are great resources, but why do I keep getting this weird information from clients about what their buddy said? The buddy whose cousin, sister's uncle has an Evo and this is how it should be done. And that's really crazy because a lot of the misinformation I hear is not even rooted in logic. So I hear things like, oh yeah, if you, you need to do boost per gear, and if you don't, your gearbox breaks in the first pass. There's no logic to that. Oh, you know what? I heard that if you twist your pump wires together and quit a spiral, um, it gives you more fuel. No. Oh, I heard that if you get an electric car like this, you can put an electric turbocharger and it'll go faster. 
So guys, it's what is going on? Being, I mean, this, this, this misinformation, you wouldn't go to your gardener and ask them about advice on an operation you're about to have or, 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 or about banking. I mean, it's just, it's so weird, you know? Yes, abstractives asking, do people ask me that for real? I had a question yesterday about BC, you have an electric car, you know it would be Bombay for you? You should put an electric turbo on it. Because the buddy said so. Not good, right? I, I, I've, I've heard it all. It's just, it's just crazy. So guys, please consider the source. You know, your friends, your buddies, they are, I know they have your best interest at heart. They want you to go fast. Um, I hope they do. Um, but to listen to misinformation, I mean, I, even Fabian and I were here this weekend and we're doing something with a speed sensor and I made the mistake of going on a forum, on an S2K forum, and I was terrified about the misinformation that's there. It's just so scary. So it's unfortunate that most people that do the hard work, people like myself, people like Sam, people like John, we don't go on forums, we're not on Facebook posting stuff, but we do have these forums that we interact with. But on the same token, consider the source. Like I said, you know, you wouldn't go to your hairstylist to ask about, you know, jet propulsion. You should go to the guru in that market, in that environment, in that scene to be able to get pertinent reputable information, you know? It's really, it's really scary, you know? The power of social media mechanic, yeah, it is. It's almost like, it's weird that, you know, I mean, you know back in the day on the forums, people who have most post counts are the ones who are considered to be gurus. The funny thing is that if you're working on the car and figuring things out, like what I have on this notice right here on the dyno, you don't have time to have high post counts. You're working and figuring things out. So it's really weird, you know? It's really crazy. Yeah, it's really a lot of misinformation out there. <laughs> oh my God. Um, Garcia is saying, please elaborate more on this S2KI forum because a lot of the info out there is wrong. Some highlights you remember of, thanks. There are quite a bit. Um, for example, let's see, what's a good one? Um, uh, where's one that I saw recently? Oh, the, so th there's a very popular modification where you can actually, it's kind of crazy, you can take the CD009 uh, transmission from a 350 or 370Z and put it into S2000. And it's really cool because the S2000 gearboxes, when you start putting a lot of power, tend to break. And this gearbox is quite robust. And thank, thank goodness to Nissan for creating this robust gearbox that can withstand a lot of abuse. Well, the rumor has it on the forum that, oh, don't put that transmission in because the gears are longer and worse. The gears are longer and worse. If you compare either an AP1 or AP2 gearbox to the CD-099 or the 350Z or 370Z gearbox, numerically from first to sixth, each number is numerically higher on the Z gearbox, meaning your torque multiplication is higher, which means in layman's terms, when you put your car, you get electricity quite faster and your shifts don't fall as much. So it's a much faster gearbox. The reason why people tend to think without looking at the numbers is because the final drive in the Z is numerically lower than the final drive in S2000. But you're not using a Z final drive, are you? You're keeping and retaining your S2000 final drive. So that being said, when you multiply the Z gearbox and your 4.1 rear end to your S2000, you are better off than you were before from an acceleration perspective. 
So why in the world is on S2KI this put down as you're slower? Or the numbers are worse, or your gears are longer, when it's not true? That's one perfect example. So instead of looking at what people are just saying, or your buddies, or the people in the forums, which is full of misinformation, where they're comparing rear ends to rear ends and cars are not overcrossing, look at yourself on the individual gear ratios on the Honda side. Look at the Nissan side. Compare the ratios, and you'll see your first, yourself firsthand. That's one good example from just this weekend. That's one of many. Eh? So please, guys, consider the source when you're doing this. Consider the source. You know. Um, I haven't tested myself, Patman13 is asking, how much traction do you reckon the Z-Box can hold? But there are people who are drifting, boosted LS motors, boosted BMW engines, boosted Supra motors on the Z gearbox. And they're making close to four figures and it's holding. They're launching, dumping, sliding, and it's pretty cost effective. So I'm not a huge advocate of mixing and matching gearboxes, but I've seen it firsthand. It's pretty Pretty robust. Nissan did a very good job with that, you know? The Lugnut California CA says, people need to remember the old adage. The quietest person at a party is likely the smartest one in the room. And you're correct. Man, people tend to talk quite a bit. It's crazy, you know? SI Club, Orange County, in the house, courtesy of Orange County, California. Much love. Thank you so much, SI. Thank you so much. Who is Eric says, see you in Netflix. Nice Odyssey. Thank you so much. The Odyssey is actually right there chilling. I love building cool vans. I just love building things that are really strange. And speaking of strange, you see that right there? That's the EV Porsche. Um, I took it to Mexico recently, and that thing is freaking fast. In a blink of an eye, before I knew it, I was doing like 99 miles an hour at 12,000 RPMs. It's ridiculous. My red line, by the way, is 18,200. So I'm going to put that video up when I was in an enclosed environment in Mexico, um, just having some fun, and I'll put that up. It's pretty cool, you know? What's the next EV vehicle coming, bro? It's going to be an open-air car, and it's right there. So I'm actually trying to source parts to get that going. And uh, when it's done, I'll show you guys. That should be probably scarier than this. Even though I plan on putting only about, probably only about 300 kilowatts on that, it's going to be scary. Maybe I should go with, like, yeah, high 290s, low 300 kilowatts. Should be pretty nice. Yes, ab abstractive. 18,200 is my red line on that crazy thing. And then on the weekend, I have my own like ludicrous mode, which is, I call it the infinite probability drive mode. And when I hit it, I, I'm not, guys, you guys are my family, right? I almost died on the side street over here. That thing, I lost all control of the car. I'm never, I am never pressing that button again. EV swap Miata. Not quite. Let, put it this way. I give you a hint. Um, it is a European-based chassis, which is pretty nice, you know? Any cool things about the 935 we don't know about? Yeah, I just mentioned it, the <laughs> infinite probability mode I have. I have this switch hidden in the car that when you turn it on, you have a very interesting graphic come up. A scene from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy comes up on the screen. A red light comes in to warn you. And then it ignores all safety and traction limitations that are embedded in my logic in the car. And it's frightening. So that's something a little, <laughs> a couple of things are a little interesting in 935 that most people don't know about, you know? Um, we have a subreddit thread in, in trying to figure out the watch you are rocking in the Hoonigan autofocus. What is that? Oh, it's actually this right here. It's actually a diesel smartwatch. 
So I use it, it connects to my phone, which I'm using to communicate with you guys now, and it actually um, gives me a lot of data about my walking habits. It has a pedometer in it. Uh, my sleeping habits, my resting habits, so on and so forth. It allows me to stay active. So it looks like an old school watch, but digitally connects to my phone, my Android, not Android, shh, my iOS system, and keeps me up to date on what's going on with me and my health, you know? Anyone else have a shocky live stream, or is it because I'm watching my laptop? Hey guys, let me know, is, is a live stream really messed up? Is it messed up, and if it is, I have to go out and come in. Why is Fabian so cool, says N1 Karasu. That's just how he is. He's just that cool, how should I say, douche. Just a cool douche, you know? <laughs> I was mad. Oh my God. Yes, oh, Sam, so don't forget your towel. Sam, so you get it. Good, good, good. So Sam knows all about that movie. That's what I have two favorite movies, the Bram Stoker's Dracula and the Hitchhiker's Guide to Galaxy. Those are my two favorite movies. And Sam, you'll get this. When we, I should really, so what I'll do is when I, I'll leave after this live stream, I'll go in the car, I'll activate it. I am not gonna press on the throttle, but I'm gonna activate it and show you guys. It's so freaking cool. Forgive me on YouTube, I won't be able to show it to you guys. Anyway. Uh, I love what you do with 935. Thank you, Armenian Petrolhead. I appreciate that. Let's see here. G-Force plus heart meter for BC. Excitement factor score. Thank you so much, sir. Live is good in the Netherlands, so dealing must be you out there in Belgium. Maybe something's going on, you know? Um, the Bassman says, BC, I have a question. I've seen some videos about using a welding rod to fix threads. I would like to know if I can use that head because I still, the timing chain tensioner to get away with. Oh, I have never done that. When I start having critical components on my block stripping, I tend to replace the block, you know? Boost my gear, what spring rate should you use Honda? It depends on so many variables, Mario's VTEC GT30. The engine, the engine build, your turbo size, and I'll tell you why. Just focus on turbo size alone. If you had a similar turbo like what's on this Hot Wheels car next to me, which is like a, like a T28, versus what I have on the wagon, which is like a 72 millimeter T4 setup. 10 pounds of boost on this would give me about 400 horsepower, 450 to be exact, to the wheels. 10 PSI on that turbo, similar, different setups, both turbochargers, gives me about 518 horsepower. So, that being said, the wastegate springs are the same, but the output is different because of the flow rate of the turbo. So, that being said, you need to share more information about your setup, it's more involved. If you have a stock engine or a built engine, what kind of fuel you have access to, all that determines what spring you should hold on to. And then, what type of driving are you doing? Are you drag racing? Are you road racing? Are you street driving? All that plays a role on the power output, and then that will determine what spring you should start off with. And then, my rule of thumb, using a simple two-port, three-port, sorry, boost control sonar, I can get, on a very efficient system, close to three times the boost pressure based upon the wastegate spring. So if I have a three-pound spring, I can go up to nine. If I have a 10-pound spring, I can go up to 30. A four-port kind of throws that out the window. It's a little bit more, um, how should I say, amplified. Love from South Africa, Durant Storm. Good seeing you. Thank you so much. Can you turbocharge my bicycle? Yes, if it's motorized, sure. 911-997 Turbo S versus 911-991 Carrera S. Choose your weapon for everyday use. Everyday use? Put it this way. Um, definitely, ooh, 
that's a good question. Everyday use, something comfortable, 991. I have a 991, it's awesome, it's very beautiful. The PDK, very comfortable, very, very docile, not in a bad way, but very manageable and lots of fun. But if I wanted a car that I drive often that I want to modify, the 997 Turbo S is the ticket. That is a very, very good platform that accepts modifications. So bone stock, which is minor, you want to flash it, lower it, something like that, okay. 991 Carrera, it's very comfortable, very modern, a lot of cool amenities, very comfortable. But you want something you want to modify and have some fun with while having daily driven activities, 997, much more tunable with current modification technology. What were some of the turning points in your education career and were there times when you felt, yes, this is where I'm supposed to be? Well, Daniel, that's very interesting. So in school, I raced a lot. And that's a great question. I, I loved racing. And I studied chemical engineering primarily to help my parents with their cosmetics factory back in West Africa. And I had interest, of course, in things that are petroleum-based and so on and so forth and things that are chemical-based. And most chemical engineers will take, let's say, let's say you, Daniel, came up with a new way to make a very clever flavor of yogurt, and then you needed, you made this yogurt in your kitchen, it's really good, but you want it on a large scale. You would hire me, a chemical engineer, to design that plant to mass produce it. So I have to have a very strong understanding of chemistry, of course. I have a very strong um, uh, understanding of sheer engineering economics, because you don't want the plant to be very expensive. I need to understand electronics and process control, because you need that in the plant itself. I need to have basic understanding of mechanical engineering because you have a lot of machines in place, basic understanding of even civil engineering because you have to be very involved with the design of the structures and so on and so forth. So I, it's a very good curriculum to have a very strong basis in different facets of engineering. But my passion has always been in motorsports. So the big turning point for me is when I started winning races and I got into my pharmaceutical research field, but I didn't quite like it and got into sales, did very well because I love talking to people. And then finally, in 2006, with the influence of my girlfriend, then now my wife, um, decided to, she pushed me to really open up my own company because my passion was really in creating and discovering things with cars and, and really creating products that I used to push my race car further. That's what really was a big turning point for me. And I gave it a couple years, and if it didn't do well, I'd go back to pharma, and here I am today. So it's, it's, I would say turning point, graduation, getting experience in the, in the research sector, and then racing a lot and loving and creating products based upon there were no parts available for the engine I was running. Fast forward to today, I love it. Every day, every day, even today I'm creating. It's amazing, I love what I do. I feel like I was here at seven o'clock in the morning, I'll probably be here at 7.30 at night, and it doesn't feel like work. It feels like I'm, I'm being paid to have fun. It's absolutely magnificent, you know? Will there be an in-depth video on the battery to motor setup on the EV Porsche? Yes, there is. Um, I have a few networks who want to cover that in depth. So I, want to, I promise to give them first dibs on that, so yes. But as I continue to build, I continue to share what we have going on. Um, whatever happened to the NA Accord motor, did you do for Super Street Engine Challenge? That engine is actually still here. It's right up there. <laughs> you can't see it, but it's right there in story. I still have it here. That thing made it uh, north of 300 on pump cast on, on, on leather fuel. It was pretty good. So when is the EV motor thing a real thing yet? It already is. So right now, during this whole corona, COVID thing, all I've been doing is creating products, creating components, utilizing some things that are commercially available, putting my take on it, and also creating my own products that are very commensurate with those currently available products. So 
coming out of this entire COVID, I have a ton of stuff. I've been working on this EV every day for the past three weeks. Guys, I mean it. Every day. Every day I've been working on it. So it's pretty crazy, you know? Um, any recommendations for spark plugs for my Cayenne S? Yes, NGKs. NGK Iridiums will be the one to go with. Um, with the proper heat range that's recommended for your setup. The Iridiums are very nice. They have a very small electrode that's extremely hard, so the flame kernel forms very nicely, so it gives you a more complete burn. It is not shielded or covered up. That kernel formation is not covered by a large post of a copper, and copper tend to erode quite easily. And I like the Iridiums quite a bit. I get a lot more mileage out of it. So it's, it's, and the NGK, their, their quality is just absolutely superb, you know? How do you measure intercooler efficiency? Very simple. I have temperature probes prior and after the intercooler. And with that, I can see the delta, and it tells me. On any setup, um, I find it to be very inefficient if I'm above 20 degrees above ambient. So if I'm 80 degrees here in the facility, and I'm testing or in the ambient area, and I'm testing the vehicle, if it goes above 100 degrees Fahrenheit, I need to redesign the system. The one thing I love about liquid air, like what I have on this, and I have on that red car, I have the red center, center seat over there, and I have quite a few, and I'm actually upgrading a couple of portions here to liquid air is I see a lot more efficiency despite the complexity of it. Um, many times when designed properly, I'm at ambient. Literally, no matter what boost level I am to create the reliable power, I am at ambient temperature. So if I'm 90 degrees Fahrenheit outside, it's 90 degrees in my intake. If I'm 60, it's 60. It's amazing. And if you want to be clever, you can create a, an enclosure that's large enough to hold ice, and you can go below ambient, which gives you a more denser mixture and more power. How cool is that? Lion's Tent from Niger says, what would you like to work on next? How about a Lexus SC300 or a Super Beetle? These are my project cars I have in my garage. Yeah, the, so what typically happens is um, we get a lot of requests from OEMs to work on newer cars. So what I'd like to work on, to be honest with you, and it's very interesting because in that Lexus vein, I like that, I'd love to be able to modify the new LC500 um, hybrid. I'd love to be able to modify that. But I really would like to get my hands on a new Taycan. The Porsche Taycan has tons of potential. Bone stock, these things, the Taycan Turbo S runs mid-10 stock. What if I put my little touch to it? What could we get out of it then while retaining all the beautiful creature comforts and drivability and Porsche-esque drivability? That's what I'd like to do. So those two would be the next ones I'd like to work on. What transmission is being used in a center seat boxman? So absolute Kevin, on this one here is the 2.5 um, gearbox. On the red one is the 2.7. On the black one is also a 3.4. So I have three different options. I noticed the 2.5 gearboxes have a much better um, final drive, numerically higher. Of course, for the lower torque, so it tends to make a better drivability. So I may end up upgrading the final drives in, the, in both the 3.4 and the 2.7 gearboxes to the 2.5s. may seem counterintuitive, right? But numerically, it makes sense. It allows me to, to stay in the power band much nicer when I'm on the track. Carlos says, I have a 2017 Pathfinder. Question is, is it hard to try and put a turbo on an SUV like mine? How much do I need to spend approximately? And fantastic work you do. Thank you so much. So here's the challenge. <laughs> you can put a turbocharger on that. Not a challenge. The issue, if it's considered issue, depends on how deep your pockets are, is when you do things one-off, it becomes very expensive. A lot of people don't know this, but that Odyssey that I'm looking at right now um, costs $70,000 to build. That's how much it costs to modify that Odyssey to get to where it is. And 
Why is it so expensive? Because a lot of one-off parts. When you have to make custom rods and you have to make it in three weeks, companies like, they like, get very excited and charge you. One-off components are expensive. That's why mass manufacturers tend to invest heavily into R&D and creating products and then recuperating their resources or investment after mass producing. And that's why it's a bit of a challenge when people knock off comp companies because they don't spend the money in R&D. You can do it, but it seems to be extremely expensive to do one-off stuff. Even if you do a lot of the work yourself, it's a lot of R&D, especially on the ECU side. It can be quite expensive. So it depends on what your mindset is. For us, we're fortunate where the manufacturers tend to cover a lot of costs, uh, and that's why I tend to build a lot newer cars, you know? What compression ratio do you think I can get away with on California pump gas for F22C? I believe stock is 11.1. Um, it depends on what camshafts you run. Um, so if you're going to run factory camshafts, you are pretty close already on 91, um, especially if you're going to stay natural aspirated. The one cool way, because I've done I've done up to 13 to 1 on pump gas in California, the thing is that you have to run very aggressive camshafts to change the dynamic to make it a lot more advantageous for you. So you can go up to 12, maybe 13, but you have to have much larger camshafts. So you don't have very high dynamic and induce knock. Corvair K-Swap, that would be pretty, you know what, that would be pretty good. Even though I do have a soft spot, and so does Jay Leno, for the Corvair air-cooled engines, but that would be a pretty cool project indeed. You know what would be a dope one though? A Corvair EV, that would be really cool, you know? My pleasure, Massman361. Love your work, says Carver Cigar. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Um, my pleasure indeed, Daniel Drives, you know. Um, Juku Studio. Hi, BC. I studied transportation design at Art Center in Pasadena. Great school. Obviously, EV will control the market in five, ten years, but what will keep the IC fans happy in an EV world? Um, EVs will never take over 100%. I mean that. Just like, you know how the horse and buggy went away? Well, the automobile didn't kill the horse environment. It was just relegated to people of wealth. <laughs> so what I mean is, as I foresee the future of internal combustion, I mean, not within a half a decade to a decade, in the far future, a few decades from now, what will happen is that ICEs will be considered kind of nostalgic, and there may be a lot of penalties for driving them still. So it may be just those individuals who are extremely financially stable that can still do it. But... I don't think in the nearest future that it will go away completely. You'll see a lot more hybridization. You'll see a lot of vehicles that are a lot more efficient. You may still see petrol engines as range extenders. But from a performance perspective, guys, I'm telling you, I'm going to put this video up on YouTube soon. If you don't follow me, subscribe, and you'll see what I'm talking about. It is crazy how fast you can go from 0 to 100 in cars like this. It's amazing. And Sam, you do a lot of road racing. Rory's and EV, I don't even know how they're going to police this stuff. It's just so amazingly fast. And we're in the stone ages when it comes to EV technology. Remember, the first cars were electric vehicles. The first automobiles were electric before ICE took over. And then for almost 100 years, the technology was just stagnant. And we just started, thanks to Elon and his team, started paying attention to what electric cars can do. And now Rimac and all these other companies are getting into it. Tourists like myself are getting into it. It is a renaissance, and for you in design, it's wonderful because you now have a blank canvas to work with. You don't have to worry about hood clearances. You can put electric motors in different places. You have axial-style motors that can go in the wheel. There's so much more you can do now from a design perspective. It's a great time for you as a designer to live, you know? So it'll be there. It won't completely disappear, but it'll be, it will be a while. Oh, see you soon, Scott, sir. Good seeing you. Hopefully all is well. 
Is Porsche a good first car? Absolutely. Absolutely indeed, you know? Drifteries, have you ever thought of working with G Eldrick GTE and collaborate on some hybrid race cars? You know, I know those guys. They're actually pretty good. I had a talk with Brock uh, a week ago. So, you know, one thing is that the EV community is quite tight-knit, and they've embraced me with open arms, and I love them. And it could be possibly because of my charisma. No. Or could it be that I bring a performance mindset to it, or just I'm kind of just weird. But either way, um, I've interacted with quite a few individuals in the scene, and, and those guys are pretty good. So we haven't had any talks about any concrete plans for a collaboration, but don't be surprised if you see something by end of year. Drew, hey, BC, where you get the large nitro gloves? We're all out, and they're high demand. You're right. I bought a case of these, which I don't have many, and I'm still holding on to, right? Right before the whole pandemic went crazy. So I got a case of 1,000, but they're disappearing. I think my team is taking some. Anyway, I don't have that many. It's hard to find. You're absolutely correct. And when these are out, I'm going to have to use reusable ones. So I have these pretty crazy thick ones that can wash and sanitize daily. And so that's my goal, you know? You should get the electric Porsche bumper to bumper. I don't know what that means. As in cover it or get... I don't understand. Peter, Jan, please clarify, you know? Um, my pleasure, Keke Vale. Thank you so much, indeed. I'm missing so many great questions. Um, do you ever host any track days in Cali? I don't personally, Texas Holyfield. Um, Velocity Racing, hey BC, haven't we didn't make much noise during the photo shoot? No, not at all. Oh, you guys are the ones down there. That was pretty cool. No, no, we have a very nice complex here, so please enjoy, you know. When did you start dabbling in electric vehicles? So Pure Electric, this is my first one. Um, using electric technology, Use an axial motor in an integrated motor assist situation, meaning where there's a petrol engine on one side and then a gearbox, and then the axial motor exists between the two. And that motor is a, a starter, absorption unit, and also a generator. I did that in 2009 with Honda, American Honda, and we did some really good experimentation. The first car is still right there in the corner. And then a little bit with Acura as well with the NSX. And then, but this is my first foray into pure EV, and it has corrupted me. And we started building this car in March last year, and we finished it for unveiling in November, and it's still a living, breathing organism, organism where we're still experimenting quite a bit. So even today, I'm gonna do some more testing on it. Um, I've been really learning a lot about cell balancing and all that fun stuff, and um, right now I'm within 0 0.04, well actually 0 0.037 volts of all my cells, so I'm trying to get, my goal is 0 0.010 and then I can have a lot more fun with the car. Have you ever thought about having one of your cars on bumper to bumper? I'm not, I guess this is a, a company or a show. I'm not familiar with it, Peter. So if it's a show and it's cool and they love covering tech, I'm all about it, but I'm not familiar with it. Forgive me, please. I don't watch much television, you know? What is your take on the Hyundai i30N? I love it. So the Veloster N, which is I'm looking at right here, you can't quite see it. Let me see if I can turn this around so you can see it. Um, yeah, you see that white car right there? Right there to the right? That's my velocity end. Sorry, YouTube guys, you can't see that. Um, so I love it. And it has the same 2.0 engine with a lot of influence from Dr. Bierman, who used to be with the M division of BMW. It's a very potent setup. There's so much opportunity. One thing that's really bad about them is they use a Boss ECU with a lot of encryption, so it's very challenging to get access to. So I literally have to open the ECU, get to the board, create a boot setup, grab the map, change it, and put it back in. So it's quite invasive, you know? But I love it. The car is amazing. It really is nice. And a worthy, a worthy adversary to the Honda Type R. 
from Colombia, selling that Netflix show. Thank you so much. We did a couple of them. So I don't know if you're talking about the fastest car or hyperdrive, but we were in both, you know? Hello, Island Built 619. Good afternoon. Hopefully, all is well. I'm missing so many of you guys. Uh, Absolute Kevin's asking Is the Porsche 981 engine tuned friendly for the modifying to get more power out like the M96 Metzger? No. Only because of direct injection. That tends to be a limitation for a lot of the newer engines. It's great because you get the improved automation, which lends to more efficiency and better gas mileage. But the M96, M97 are port injection. You can easily upgrade injectors and make a lot more power with it. Of course, some of the shortcomings of the M96, M97 intermediate shaft were addressed with the 9A1. But from a tuning perspective, even if you just want to twin turbocharge, you can get a lot more out of the M96 earlier Metzger, earlier engines, you know? What controller does your EV use, Bosch? No, it does not. It's a bespoke controller right now. So I have a gentleman by the name of Jason. Um, he's back east. He did all the coding for the custom controller. Um, Jason's a great guy. Um, he's no, very well known in the EV world, and he helped me with that. Um, but I use a PDM from Racepack, which was not designed for that. You know, the guys from Racepack don't even know what I've been doing with their PDM, but I'm using control, everything, all my contactors and everything. And I use an Orion BMS. I have two units, one in the front, one in the rear, um, to do all of my battery management and balancing and monitor my thermistors and send data through CAN and all that fun stuff, you know? Oh, Donut Media's bumper to bumper. Okay, I wasn't familiar with that. I, I'm okay with that. Um, I don't have a strong relationship with them. Um, I know the guys from Hoonigan quite a bit, but I, haven't, I wouldn't be opposed to it at all, you know? Would you ever attempt a performance hybrid car, like something like the Porsche 19? Yes, I would. Absolutely, Patman 13. I'll be honored to do that. Any roadway projects on the horizon? That depends on Mazda. So we've been doing a lot with Mazda the past couple of years. And, they, you know, I need to touch base with them. And one thing I love doing with manufacturers, especially to make a big splash, is to build something new and something old. So that being said, the new would be doing something really crazy, probably with an MX-5, or maybe something with a Mazda 6, uh, and then building something old school with a roadway. Because I, I really find Wanko Motors fascinating and quite interesting. The much fewer parts, the fact that the simplicity of it, the lightweight, the ability for lower center gravity, I like those. And the fact that you can stack them and create a three-rotor or four-rotor, you know, and you can modify them and you have a, a, a slight street port or a bridge port or a peripheral port. It, I like that stuff. It, it's just so fascinating, and I haven't dabbled into it. I feel like if I do, I'll love it. The newer technology for Mazda would have more electric setup and have these um, newer age rotary engines as range extenders. So I may end up doing something there as well, you know? When will we see a garage walk through? Walk through? Oh, we... Dealing, I do it so often. I, I did one recently. I even posted on YouTube. So um, I'll do it again. I guess those are fairly popular. I can do one fairly. So I can do one probably tomorrow. Hey, man, how are you? Says Giacomo. I am well, sir. Thank you so much. Infomer, good seeing you. What's up, Gino? Cal Spang, good seeing you indeed. Mike says, you're the best. I saw your car in the fastest car. I was so surprised. I hope to do something like that someday. My pleasure indeed. I hope you enjoy the show. It's great doing that. Chinemet says, with regards to on sale, balancing your EV and getting it down to 0.01, what are some of the advantages of doing so? I know longevity and efficiency are definitely part of the end goal. Yes, it is. So one thing about cell balancing is it's very important. And shame on me for actually existing for a period of time without doing that. So you have these battery packs that exist. As a matter of fact, my large pack in the rear has 96 individual cells. I have 96 in the front. Now, as they naturally exist, some cells will have a higher charge state than others. Now, here's what happens when you plug in a charger directly.
they all charge at a similar rate. And what happens is that the cells that are overcharged tend to get damaged. And those that are undercharged tend to be the limitation for your performance. As you balance those cells and make them even, not only do you have the ability to extend the life of your battery cells, you have the capability of creating an environment where all your cells are now fully charged at a certain time, and you have the ability to have even more performance output from your battery packs. So instead of your lowest cell being your weakest link, you now have all cells that are high, and it can allow you to have all the fun and go to Mexico and take people to Gapplebee's, right? So that's pretty good. You're gonna build a Viper? John, I did. Shame on me. You know what I'm gonna do, John, just for you? Tomorrow, I'm gonna post our Viper. Um, a good friend Ramon, he's next door, has a, did some beautiful shots of the Viper in nearby mountains. I'll post some pictures tomorrow. Hey, Shell, hope you're doing well. Good seeing you, long time no speak. How are you dealing with coronavirus? It's really weird. Um, what's interesting is the business is a little different, very strong from the higher end marketplace. Sport Compact kind of tapered off a little bit. Um, I don't tend to take video um, dinos like I typically do. Um, I do a lot of no contact stuff where it sits, we sanitize, and the customers leave it. Um, these like race cars, like the, um, right there is actually not a Viper, it may look like one, but it's actually a uh, Lotus Elise wide body that's turbocharged. Um, I wear gloves, we sanitize the shop quite a bit. It's, it's strange, but the interesting thing is giving me time to catch up on projects and to create more product. So that's really good. And I'm doing this Tech Tuesday. You know, it's, all, it's been almost 160 episodes, and I've not missed one. I've been doing this with you guys every Tuesday for a little over a year, and it's absolutely magnificent, you know? You're in, um, Peter Jam is in Belgium, right next to Deling, and they're on full lockdown. Yeah, California is pretty locked down, too. The thing is that for essential businesses, like what we do here with auto repair and maintenance, we are an essential business, so we're allowed to operate. But I'm here on a skeleton crew, so I don't have my whole team here at all, you know? Mike Limbury says, I love Porsches that you have. I always wanted to be like you. I'll study mechanical engineering and I'll create beasts like you. Thank you so much. We need more creative engineers. That's absolutely fantastic. Absolutely, Ken is asking questions about IPD plenums. I haven't tested them. I've done a lot of high volume stuff using factory components and 3D printing stuff myself, but I've never had the opportunity to play with those. But some people swear by them. Some people say they don't work. But until I tested myself firsthand, the headquarters is right here in Orange County. I should probably touch base with them and do some testing, but I've never played with it myself, you know? Absolute cousin, Kevin, so I'm sorry. I don't have a definitive answer for you, you know? Hey, Breezy, would you be up to doing a Toyota Previa project while retaining factory, like, look both in, out, and AC? Yes. So, so I, I really derive pleasure in not, how should I say, adulterating projects. So if you notice, most of my projects with the OEMs still stay factory-looking. The most you see me do is cut out an aperture for the intercooler, but I don't put crazy body kits, I don't cut the bodies, I don't crazy stuff. Um, I'll turn the camera around again so you can see. So the van right there, as you see, is very nice. And I don't have any body kits, it's just a factory outside van with a factory steering wheel and creature comforts like power steering, leather, um, AC is still intact. Same thing with right next to it to the right. I just put a nice little um, you know, box on top of it, but I didn't adulterate the lines of the car. So that being said, I tend to make cars sleepers. Now, when I have something crazy outrageous like a 935, even then, I didn't venture far away from the essence of the 935. I still kept the wingspan and the dimensions and found the original body molds and, had, and then did some slight nods to it, you know, which is nice. Justin says, hey, BC, what's some of the struggles of you ran to starting the car business? Man, um, going from $130,000 a year that I was making when I was in my 20s 
to making zero. That was a big challenge. So here you are, you know, all this money coming in every other week with a nice company car and we wore tons of suits to like going to now a small thousand square foot facility with no air conditioning, no company car, no steady paycheck. And then you're wearing t-shirts and trousers that are meant to work on cars. That was kind of a big shock <laughs> and a bit of a challenge. And then one of those things that if you don't work, you don't eat. There was a time I used to travel a lot to tune, but then I got ill. And then when I couldn't travel, I couldn't make any money. And that was scary. Um, competitors. One thing I noticed in the sport comeback world is that there are very immature people out there who own businesses and they will say or do anything to make a buck, including hurt you, which is scary, right? So you have people out there who are not doing a good job with taking care of customers and they put more effort into bringing other people down. And that's kind of shocking because I came from an environment where, um, and Michelle knew me from that, she knew me from the um, pharmaceutical world where we dealt with physicians and people who were really upstanding, upscale, and they were um, data-driven with information and wouldn't attack each other in a very inappropriate manner. So I go from this very prestigious environment where everyone is civil to a place where people will just make up stuff about you to hurt your business so they can sell something. So that's kind of scary, right? So those are some of the challenges, being able to adapt to that market and understand people or how you build a beautiful project and someone else will say, oh, I can do a better job for cheaper and they can't, but they try and go around, the, you know, so it's just weird. So that's some of the, the challenges, you know. Hello, AJ, good seeing you, sir. I have your sensor here, still here waiting for you, and your EPM. I think it's awesome, says SGT Reno, when you work on some of the older cars, possibilities are endless on older cars. Yes, they are, because I really do love the beauty of classic cars. Honestly, older cars look absolutely beautiful to me, and maybe it's because I grew up in that era, in that Group 5 IMSA era, <laughs> where, Cars were boxy and cool, and I loved it, and I looked at that stuff, or in the era where they had a lot of British touring, and I just find appeal because it reminds me of my childhood. Maybe that's what it is, but I love the beauty of older cars. New cars kind of start looking the same and kind of Zoloft shape looking, and I don't quite care. But I don't love old technology, so I feel it's the best opportunity for us today to take the beauty of older cars and merge it with modern technology. So I love it, you know? Yeah, see you soon, Relentless Racing AJ. Miss you as well. Um, somebody's, oh, yes, I am. I'm quite old, actually. Um, I'm a huge fan, says Rob24ERT. Yes, thank you so much, sir. Um, Matthias is laughing at my comments. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Hello, Versatile17. Good seeing you indeed. Hopefully you're staying safe wherever you are around the world. Wow, time is flying. Look at how crazy this is. I'm very old. I am 47 years old. CSA, black don't crack, look at that. <laughs> so I've, I've been around for a long time. I've done a lot of crazy things. What's your favorite project of all time um, that I've done? Um, for many years, it was the Odyssey, and then the center seat, and then the crazy IROC Porsche, but now it's that. It's, it's really ruining me. This Porsche is really ruining me. It's crazy, you know? Adrian's saying, where are you from? I am from Nigeria, West Africa. That's where I came from, you know? How complex would it be to tune an OBD1 CRX with a S200 Hondata? It wouldn't be complex if you still have the hardware because S200 hasn't been supported by Hondata in years. So the S200 is an opportunity where you have an emulator and you use that to tune the vehicle lifetime. Then you take the emulator file, save it, and then burn it to a chip and then physically put the chip into the ECU. So that's pretty old school, you know? 
Old timers on skateboard EV frames. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> what do you find inspiration in? Um, I guess others who strive to disrupt and help mankind as a whole, not just consume and take advantage of, but really, really help human beings and mankind move forward in a positive way. Everything I do here, um, and that's one of the reasons why I don't race as much anymore, I don't even, because I just don't have time, I, I like to help others, and my goal, even with doing this with you, I mean, I've put in hours and hours and hours over these years doing this with you, because I want to give back, because this country's given so much to me, and I want to have the opportunity to be that person that I needed when I was younger. Because uh, a lot of people turn me away. Even the EV world, there are people I try and talk to, and they turn me away. It's crazy. But it pushes me to continue to do great things and to figure things out and to apply my ability and knowledge and aptitude to some solution solving, um, or problem solving, I should say, creating solutions. The people out there who push forward, people like Elon Musk, people like even AJ, who's here, and Sam, uh, my father, people who really want to help others and do great things, John Conciaudi from AEM, these are people who really want to do things selflessly to make things better for others. I like to improve the quality of driving and ex car experience out there, and that inspires me to think out of the box and do things and not wait for others to create. And even though I get a lot of pushback, and I get a lot of people who, it's amazing, I get attacked a lot with the things I do. Even with this, I got what, a couple of death threats, one person called me a murderer for doing this on 935. But you know what ends up happening? As you get past that hurdle, people tend to look, then they tend to admire, then they tend to replicate and try and copy. So it's natural to see that, um, thinking out of the box. Um, Dadzilla says, I love the van. Guess what? People didn't build performance minivans when I built this, but now it's the hot thing. I get tagged all the time with all these YouTube pages and posts on Facebook with people now building vans. That's great, you know? What's the next classic car you want to work on? Probably something domestic. I wouldn't mind doing like a Lincoln Continental. Like something crazy, like a Lincoln Continental EV. That would be so dope, right? Like what they had an entourage, just pull up and have a crazy EV setup. So something domestic, something where I can really build this beautifully and it has all this real estate for batteries. <laughs> and I can create this sleeper that just looks beautiful and is quiet and super bonkers fast. You know, that'd be great, you know? Great people tend to copy work, says Omai O.F. Gomer. I tend to disagree. Great people don't tend to copy. Most of the greatest minds tend to be quite uh, innovative, to be honest with you. Um, Dealing says, that's why I love BC, the positivity. Thank you so much, sir. I appreciate that. You know? S2000, BC Martin Puro. I, I love those guys. See, I'm rocking a Puro hat right now. Really cool. You're the best, says Juku Studio. Thanks for the kind words. I appreciate that. Blick Performing Electric Cars sound a lot like a fun. They are fun. I'm telling you, I watched a video. You know, I don't even watch YouTube that often. I watched it last night, and I looked up some performance EVs. I saw what people like Rimac are doing and what Elon and his team are doing with the new Roadster. And I'm like, yeah, I'm making over 700 pounds for the torque, but I need to step my game up because these people are really doing some crazy stuff with power. So, Sam, I hope you're ready to be mad at me. We're going to do some crazy stuff. I need to do some all-wheel drive madness and just go to town and just show what a new technology can do in an old school platform. I just want to do it, you know? I'm coming back soon for all the booths. Sounds good, S2000 Anton. You'll be able to do it. You should build a Datsun, says Dadzilla. I, you know what? 
I should. Daron would love that. <laughs> have you ever checked out Polestars? Yes, I have. Volvo's doing a smashing job with that division, but I haven't driven one yet. I'd like to. Have you ever put LED lights in a car? Yes, Isa, there's one in this car right behind me. Car came with incandescent, now it has LEDs, courtesy of 911 design, you know? EV Honda Beat, sounds like a plan, craft in motion. I like it. Have you picked up your all-wheel drive vehicle yet? Have you picked up your CRV? Better pick that thing up, it's a good project car. How much is a Porsche in the background? It depends. Um, it costs me quite a bit to build that. If you're interested in something that's similar, because there's so many options, DM me and I'll give you some, some good insight on that. You know, I want to help you build an EV. Hook a brother up. All right, Relentis, we'll make it happen. The next one, get your thick gloves ready. We're going to do some uh, 400 to 800 volt mania. Huh? How do you go from Nigeria to proprietor of BC Moto? Wow, that's a long story. Um, how can I condense this? Because our time is almost up, so I'll give you a very short condensed cliff notes version um came to united states um in far back as 1989 um went to school very young when i was in nigeria one of the i was one of those weird students that um did a lot of things young so i was in university at the age of 15 studying engineering didn't learn much went to progress came here my parents went to school here in the united states so i want to follow in their footsteps at 16 after a year of university of engineering nigeria came here to go to school continued um, finished chemical engineering, got into the pharmaceutical sector. While I was working and in school, I road raced, and I mean, so drag raced. Hello, Ken. Uh, drag raced with guys like Ken. Um, did a lot of cool stuff doing that. Loved figuring things out because you couldn't buy parts like you did now, so I had to figure out my parts on my car, design components using my engineering, what I was learning at school. Went faster, people took notice. American Honda took notice, hired me to race for them, paid me to race. I won a lot of records, I won a lot of races, did a lot of records, and then when I graduated, got into research, loved it, liked the money, but didn't have the passion for it, decided in 2006 to open my own company, and here I am. So that's the Cliff Notes version of that, you know? Is Julio still with you? Wow, Julio has been with us in over, wow, dare I say, eight years? <laughs> Godzilla has the idea, says peace out, stay safe. Work hard work, says Peter Jan. Yes, it does take. And you know what, guys? My time is up. I have the red marker telling me that. So what I'm going to do is, as I promised Sam, I'm going to go out and come back in and show you guys my crazy um, um, BC mode, beast mode on my, my <laughs> on my car, okay? So that being said, um, I will go out, come back in, and hopefully you guys enjoy me. So talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Take care. Cheers, guys. Bye-bye.